Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, my friends. It's me, Carmela, from Happy Calories Don't Count. Welcome to episode number 27 of the Food is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. How are ya? So let's get this party started with our three date breaths, shall we? Let's take a deep breath in. And exhale. Yeah, I just kind of jumped right in there, didn't I? Take another deep breath in. And exhale. Please play along. I know you want to. Last breath. Deep breath in. And exhale. Thank you so much for playing along with me. So we do these three deep breaths at the beginning of each episode for a few different reasons. You know, I'm high energy. I'm Italian. Uh, I I can get passionate. I can get snarky. Uh, So these three deep breaths are to ground me and to ground me in and, and center me into the content, into the principles of happy calories don't count. So I can be my best self when I try to share these principles with you. It also models for you how to do this for yourself and how quickly and easy this is. And and it's such a simple but powerful tool that literally has the potential to change your life. I mean, there's that mystical, magical thing about taking the breath of life. Our physical bodies actually need oxygen. They need the air that we are not breathing because we are hunched over our computers or our phones or our steering wheels or whatever. And, you know, just I see it in day-to-day life. I see it um, in bodies at the grocery store. I see it with my clients at the Pilates studio. You know, people, we're just not breathing. And so this is a chance to practice how to breathe. And then also when you're taking that beat and taking that breath, it just gives you a moment of grace where you can come back to your center, come back to your source uh, to reclaim your power so that whatever's going on in the world, in the media, in your personal life, in your work life, whatever is going on, you have just that split second to come from a place of purpose and empowerment rather than from a place of reaction. And that is really how you claim the power in your life. So with all of that, that's why we do these three deep breaths. Ah, there we go. I just needed another one. So this episode is is kind of kind of maybe gonna touch touch some buttons a little bit. Uh, I when I speak the principles of happy calories don't count this entire podcast, the whole series, the whole purpose for the for the podcast, for happy calories don't count, for the books, for the YouTube channel, for my coaching programs, for everything, is to help you heal and transform your relationships with food, with exercise, your body, and your weight, so that you can reclaim your life, so that you can feel good in your body and about your body, so that all of that bandwidth that's been taken up by the anxiety and the dread and the drama and the shame and, you know, all 
just all the junk, you know, that's freed up so that you actually can engage with in life and enjoy your life. And then the kicker is that by following these principles and engaging in relationship with your body, rather than battling your body, working with your body, you can actually optimize those physical results. You can create a body and a life you love. And that is the purpose of this podcast. Now, I've spoken at length about the various principles. There are five steps of happy calories. Don't count. I'll just say them really quickly so that you don't feel like I'm holding anything back. Um, But I'm not going to go into them in depth in this particular show. There have been other episodes where you can find them. It is step one, embrace a model of alignment. Step two, connect with your body. Step three, enjoy your food. Step four, exercise every day to connect with and tune your body. This is a relationship-based approach approach to well-being, not a transaction-based approach. And then the fifth step is to clear the channel. And that is essentially how you use personal development and spirituality in a productive and constructive way. So my contention is that all of the drama that all of us have around food, exercise, and our bodies and our weight fundamentally comes out of that diet and exercise model, that cultural conventional model that suggests that we are nothing more than a caloric balance sheet and that we have to pay a price to eat and that price is exercise or weight gain. And that model demands that you disconnect from your body in order to quote unquote be successful. And it's that disconnection from our body that makes us crazy. It's that disconnection that makes us do all of the head games and the mind games to try to override our body's natural instincts to want to eat or to stop at the gym after we've, you know, run however many miles or whatever it is. And because we are looking through the lens of the diet and exercise model in terms of of calories, of steps, of, of workouts or whatever, that's what the culture teaches us to do. We create all of these head games in our minds to be able to be successful in that model. And if we shift from a transaction-based model to a relationship-based model of health and well-being, then we have that peace, we have that freedom, we have the grace to connect with our bodies. Our bodies are miraculously intelligent. They have a tremendous capacity to heal. They are they are utterly amazing. They are a complex system of living intelligence that actually knows how to create that optimized state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy that we are seeking. So that's kind of the setup of, of what all of this is about. Now, again, I, I speak about the principles all the time. And it's one thing to understand the principles. It's another thing to practice the principles in day-to-day life. And what I find over and over and over again is that people will understand them in theory and then run into trouble in, in the practical speaking and the practical application. And part of that, it's, I say it all the time, that diet drama land, that diet and exercise model is just like the matrix. Only unlike the movie, you know, when Keanu Reeves pulls pulls people out of the matrix, you're out of the matrix. Uh, in our matrix, it just sucks you right back in. So over and over and over again, you're surrounded by mindsets. You're surrounded by this energy of the diet and exercise model that's trying to pull you back in. 
So in these podcasts, as I'm trying to help you find your footing and, and climb out of that and stay out of that, sometimes I will speak about current events. And it's never from a political point of view. It's not from, oh, this is the right way to look at things or the wrong way to look at things or, or anything like that. It's just that I've discovered from many years of teaching happy calories, many years of teaching Pilates, and also also being a trained educator, that sometimes it's really easy to teach through analogy or teach through metaphor. So if you're having a hard time grappling with principles or an application of principles in an area, and since food, exercise, body, and weight can often be hot button, um, highly emotional topics, if you're really struggling with with you know making the light bulb go on in this particular situation, I can use another industry. I can use another situation. I can use something in in pop culture going on that has similar energetic dynamics, and then you can see that in a in a situation that isn't quite so triggering. And then have that aha moment and bring it back to your body and your weight. So this particular episode (laughs) might push a few buttons. So again, if you ever hear me get snarky, it's never snarky toward your personal pain. I will call out the mindsets that are keeping you stuck. I get it. I have suffered tremendously with food, exercise, my body, and my weight my entire life. Uh, I was hospitalized for anorexia multiple times. Uh, I was 70 or I was 80 pounds when I was 17. And by the time I was 30, I was 200 pounds and I was suicidal. So I, I, I get this. I, I get how deeply painful all of this stuff can be. And so when I see people, especially people who would be quote unquote influencers, uh, speaking about things in, in a callous kind of way, um, I, I feel the need to speak up and I feel the need to say something about it. And I'm not, I'm not a Twitter fan. You know, I'm not going to go get in the social media wars. So I'm not going to go at mention whoever and call people out on that uh, because I don't think it's productive. And also because they're not specifically speaking about the things we are trying to heal. They're just using weight loss as an example. So I'll, I'll cut to the chase and give you the example of what I was talking about. So someone sent me a clip, a video clip of um, Bill Maher and Ben Shapiro um, having a little chat on YouTube. And the, what, they, what they were discussing, and again, this is not a comment on anything that has to do with COVID, the vaccines, the pandemic, anything like that. So this is about how, how the body stuff and the body image stuff and the weight stuff gets played out in pop culture and how we can correct that. So these two guys were chatting and um, and I think it was Bill that was speaking about how the um, the the left side of the aisle has gotten more extreme so that in today's era, you can't even say you can't comment on anybody's weight because if you were to comment on anybody's weight, it would be fat shaming or it would be um, objectifying a person or it would be something like that. So that's one element of what's going on in the current culture. And then 
he was, and I, I, I don't remember if it was Bill or if it was Ben, but these guys were having a conversation and someone drew my attention to this conversation because of this particular thing about weight. They were saying that, um, that it had been shown through the data that if through the pandemic, that the people who had had the worst outcomes with COVID, the ones who had had died, had been the ones who had been overweight. So if you were looking at the stats, you would have uh, you had the higher death rates, the the um, the people when they looked at all the cool cor- I can speak comorbidities that being overweight and being obese was an indicator that you were going to have a worse outcome from COVID. And so they were speaking about like, how come we can't talk about this in the context of public health? How come we can't just tell people, hey, lose weight and stay fit and get healthy? And even if you were to get COVID, you know, the flu, it pick pick whatever um, virus, pick whatever um, communicable disease, pick whatever. If you are healthier in general, you're you're more likely to have a better outcome than someone who isn't healthy, who is overweight, who is going to run into that same kind of pathogen. And what struck me about that is that I didn't have any issue with the argument they were making because i tend to i tend to agree with that with that assertion that in general if you are a healthier person if you if you have a strong immune system and if you are healthy you are likely going to fare better given any situation whether it's breaking your leg encountering you know pneumonia encountering covid encountering you know a lion attack or you know whatever what whatever can be thrown at you if you are a healthier person to start with you are more likely to have a better fighting chance at reclaiming your life, your health, your vitality, whatever, than if you are in compromised health. And they were arguing that being obese uh, was was one of those things that was compromising health. And I have a whole lot to say. I have a whole lot to say about that. Um, because it wasn't just that, but they were making the the claim about like, well, you just should, you should just, you know, you can't just talk to people and say, hey, stop stuffing your face and go get on it, you know, 15 minutes on the Stairmaster. I think that was Will Smith's saying in, um, what what was that? Um, uh, Independence Day, 15 minutes on a Stairmaster. Uh, and you just stop stuffing your face. And so there is an attitude out there and and it's and it's an attitude that i understand because it it's the come on people let's go attitude and this attitude can be apl- can be applied whether you're dealing with weight loss whether you're dealing with you know get off the couch and stop gaming and go out and get a job or whether it is you know s- stop being a slacker and you know go go after that person that you love Whatever the situation is, there's this energy of, come on, let's go, you can do it, Um, get out of your funk, get out of whatever is keeping you stuck, Um, just, you know, that that, um, 
bodies in motion tend to stay in motion, bodies at rest tend to stay at rest, you know, those laws of physics type of thing. So there's that initial energy of like, come on, let's just go do something about it. And that, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you need a cheerleader. But it was the the sense of how how they specifically because I was watching their interview, but also the culture at large is, you know, just so sucked into that diet and exercise default model where they say it's just eat less, move more. So if there is an obese population out here in America, and there is, you know, there's no denying that, um, that I it's my contention that the quote unquote diet and exercise model is not the thing that's going to fix it. And people will argue, oh, well, it's big food. You know, big food has GMO or it's all processed or it's, you know, whatever it is. It's got high sugar contents. It's high fructose corn syrup. It, it's they're poisoning our food. And that's why Americans are so overweight. Or um, it, it's or, or you know, big food, big pharma. Oh, they just medicate you, you know, whatever it is. Now, now, all of those things could be true. All of those things could be a piece of the puzzle. But from a happy calories don't count perspective, uh, I still would contend that the biggest hurdle for people getting well and for people having an optimized state of health and vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. You know, those are those are my things. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be vital. I want you to feel good, have well-being, feel good in your body and about your body. I want you to feel beautiful. I want you to radiate, you know, all of that stuff and joy. I want you to be so happy. So for those things to happen, I believe that it is the cultural diet and exercise model that is your biggest obstacle. And why? <laughs> you know, like, look, you, you, you're just having, you know, these these um, talking heads, these um, media personalities, whatever, discussing this in such, and I don't want to say a callous way, um, because this this is where we can start to get really tangled into the the body positivity and you know what the political correctness and what's okay to say and what's not okay to say and, and all of that kind of junk where people can get triggered about things but the quote unquote reality of the situation is that you are living in a physical body. And whether it's you personally that I'm speaking to or someone that you know or a friend you want to have listened to this episode or whatever, we humans are spiritual, emotional, sentient beings living in a physical body. And this physical body is how we are experiencing this physical plane. So if this physical body is not a happy place to be in, it is going to negatively impact our experience of life. So if you get into the body positivity thing, you know, it's like, well, what is health? 
you know, is health, you know, one of those super skinny Victoria's Secret size zero models? You know, there are going to be people that argue that's not healthy. That's just Madison Avenue. And that's creating false expectations. uh, And it's creating, you know, dysfunctional ideas in young women and going to create eating disorders and all of that stuff. And then you can get to the other end where, hey, just because, you know, I might be technically obese, according to some BMI chart, if you look at my blood work and you look at all of my hormones and you look at, you know, all of my vital statistics and all of my, you know, medical levels of whatever little thing you want to measure, I not only fall within the normal ranges, but I'm rocking some of them. So don't you dare say anything about my weight. I mean, it runs the gamut, right? So just because someone is quote unquote thin doesn't necessarily mean they're quote unquote healthy. And just because someone happens to look like they're quote unquote obese doesn't necessarily mean that they're quote unquote unhealthy. So from a happy calories don't count perspective, it's your body that is going to be your indicator of your health. It's how you feel in your body, how you feel about your body. How do you move in your body? Can you do the things in your life that you want to do with freedom, grace, and ease? Can you bend over and and tie your shoes easily? Can you pick up your kids or your grandkids? Can you do the laundry? Can you, you know, get the groceries out of the car? Can you go skiing or play tennis or any of the things that you want to do just just to be part of life, to engage and enjoy your activities in life? Does your body support you in doing that? Or is your body becoming a hurdle and it and, and the things that you want to engage in life are becoming becoming more difficult because of the physical condition of your body? That would be the distinction that I would draw. You know, where What are you feeling good in? How can you express yourself? Is your body supporting you in this adventure called life? Are you feeling good in it? That that is the measure. Now, the the question is, how do we get there? Right? How, How do we get there? And again, I keep harping on it over and over and over again in these episodes. It's that diet and exercise model. So I just, you know, that whole conversation with Bill and Ben, uh, it reminded me of someone else that I had heard, um, you know, tell this other person. I was, I was just like, why, why are we even having this conversation about pedometers? You know, and this person knows who I am, and you know, I don't, I don't really find a lot of value in pedometers. I don't find a lot of value in things that tracked data, because there's this idea that if you have data, you're going to make a better decision based on data. And do you, do you, if you need data to help you navigate a relationship, like how many times you texted your loved one, how many times you've told them that you love them, you know, how often do you have date night? You know, if you need to track all of that data and refer to that data to make sure that you're showing up for that relationship, that relationship probably isn't very happy. And that relationship probably isn't going to last. It's a really fundamental shift in how you are looking at things. So I was speaking on this idea of pedometers. And the guy said, No, I mean, like, if you're a lazy person, 
and you just need to get off your duff, then you look at that pedometer and you get your 10,000 steps in every day. By definition, you're going to be more active than your sedentary lifestyle. So then obviously you're going to have a better fitness result because you've just changed from a sedentary lifestyle to a more active lifestyle. And of course, I had some things to say about that. <laughs> so one, you you know, if you've listened to the podcast enough, or it, you can probably even intuit, you know, that that's not necessarily true. Like how many of you have gone on a workout program and, you know, really given it your all and you don't get those amazing results that are promised, you know, you see the Instagram channel or you see the infomercial or you see whatever and you're going to try this thing and there are all these testimonials and oh, it's so great. And you don't have those miraculous results. I mean, like, yeah, you feel a little better for the first week because, yay, you're making a change. But then your body kind of finds its homeostasis again. And, you know, they're not super awesome results, and then they don't really actually even stay, even though you're continuing to do that workout program, right? Have any of you experienced that? Um, I know I have. And there's actually there's actually scientific research behind that. So um, I... You know, I, I never have all of those articles in front of me when I cite them, but, you know, it, it it's a real thing. And, and I can speak to it from a psychological perspective, but there's also been research that shows, you know, like there was this um, study where they were testing uh, weightlifting and put a whole bunch of people on a weightlifting experiment. And at the end, there there was a significant, you know, chunk of people who did not benefit from the weight training regimen. They did not get stronger. Some of them made zero strength gains and some of them actually had negative strength gains. They lost strength. And that's because your body is not this simplistic balance sheet that people think it is. Your body not only is a complex biological system, but in addition to that, it's an emotional, physiological, mental system. And your nervous system you know, your brain has such an important impact on how your body functions. And so if you're anxious about things, if you hate being in the gym, all of those things are going to have an impact, especially over time. So from the happy calories don't count perspective, what we want to be looking at is what can I do to feel better? Right. Because if you're someone who's deconditioned and, you know, whether it's just you, you look, quote unquote, fine, but you're, you're not in very good physical shape, you know, you get winded going up the stairs or whether you would be considered obese cons given a body mass index, you know, kind of thing, whatever it is, um, if you have things about your body that you would want to change, the best effective way to do it is to connect with your body. Because if you go into that diet and exercise model, and this is my contention as to why there are so many people who will stay stuck in that, um, that deconditioned perspective, 
Number one, they don't they don't know anything other than the diet and exercise model. They're shamed for their body. Um, they feel like they have to defend themselves and their life choices all the time. They have to defend what they're eating. So it's it's not only an internal battle with themselves and their own bodies, but it's an internal it's an external battle between them and all the judgment that's coming their way. But then on top of that, you've got this diet and exercise model, which is just this big obstacle to try to overcome because it says you can't eat anything and you have to do all of this this workout and that you have to create this caloric deficit. That was actually the phrase that they said during that interview. Well, yeah, just create a caloric deficit. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Um, so anyway, already it's this big hurdle. And especially if you're taking something like that Fitbit that that person wanted to say, well, hey, you're just going to switch from an inactive lifestyle to a more active lifestyle based on this Fitbit. What happens is then that Fitbit becomes this tool of judgment, this tool of whether or not you showed up for yourself that day, this external authority. And Happy Calories is all about getting rid of that external authority and learning to come to connect with the wisdom and grace of your divine self, of your body, of the intelligence coming forth from your body. So if you're someone who's deconditioned and you don't feel good in your body, what you would do is you would just say, how can I feel better? How can I feel better right now? And sometimes that might be taking a nap. Sometimes that might be going for a walk. Sometimes that might be wiggling your toes. Sometimes that might be having a glass of water. Sometimes that might be eating a salad. Sometimes that might be eating a cookie. But the thing is, is that if you go from the place of what do I do to feel better, then what happens is you are working from inspiration and you are working from a connection to your body. You're letting your body lead the way. And if it is something that has to do with food that's helping you feel better, as soon as you stop feeling better, you naturally just stop eating. So it cleans up all of that stuff about emotional eating. And in my humble opinion, when we're when we're dealing with something like the obesity epidemic that people will say that we have in the United States, that yes, you know, we might have processed foods. Yes, we might have GMO foods. Yes, we might have more sedentary lifestyles because, you know, a lot of us sit behind computers or we ride cars and we're not, you know, out plowing the back 40 like we did in the 1800s. You know, all of those things are true. But something else is also very, very true. And I see it all around is there's a disconnect from ourselves and from our bodies. And when people are, are laying judgment and people are making, um, uh, I, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for right now. So rather than try to, you know, think of this word, um, you know, there, there's this idea that, you know, you're going to eat your feelings or you're just going to sit in front of the, the PlayStation and just eat chips and drink soda all day, you know, kind of thing like that, the trope of the kid, the 20 something, 30 something in the parents basement that's just overweight and playing video games all day and won't out won't get out and engage in life. Well, to me, that suggests uh, a spiritual issue. 
And it and I don't mean spiritual in the sense of God or whatever, but a, a connection to one's source, a connection to yourself. And so we are living in a society right now with social media, with the regular media, with, you know, the shiny, happy object thing that zing, 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 trying to pull your attention away from yourself. And then in the media and in the marketing and all of this stuff, it's when you are, when your attention, when you are pulled from your center, and that's why I start every episode with these three deep breaths. Those three deep breaths are a tool to help you get back to your center. When you are pulled from your center, when you are pulled from your source, that in and of itself will create a mild state of anxiety. And then you're in this mild state of anxiety because you are looking at that externally, at the shiny, happy thing, shiny, happy thing, this this new thing, this la- the shiny object, uh, social media, the magazine, the, the um, commercial, the radio jingle, whatever it is, what's the new hot thing? There, that creates that space, that disconnect, and that's disconnecting you. And then what happens is the media and the marketing come to fill it. They come to tell you, oh, there's something wrong with you. Oh, buy this product or service that will finally help you feel better. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's that. So we, uh, most of us are disconnected quite a bit of quite a bit of the time but if you are looking at the people who would be considered the obese population there is a huge disconnect i would assume if you are that deconditioned that it's hard to move your body if if you're that deconditioned that it, it's hard to go upstairs. It's hard to even think about starting an exercise program or anything like that. It's such an obstacle to overcome. You have to be that disconnected from your body. So my happy calories don't count point of view would be the way to improve the health and well-being of all Americans, of everyone in the world, particularly those who would be considered deconditioned at the the higher end of the BMI index or whatever it is, even though I think that's a load of malarkey as well, um, would be to start with connecting with your body. Start with those three deep breaths. Start with that and then listen to your body and then move forward in time and space based on the guidance and the wisdom of your body. It's the exact same thing as that I would tell someone who's trying to recover from an eating disorder. It's the exact same thing as someone who I would who would be wanting to, you know, lose five pounds for their wedding. You know, whatever it is, it's it's the same answer regardless of the problem. It is to take a beat and take a breath and connect with the wisdom and the guidance of your body. Take a deep breath and connect with your center and connect with your source. And that is really the battle that we're fighting in this current era, in the current climate, in the social media environment with the slick Instagram photos and the this and the that. And so already you've got populations of people who are disconnected from themselves, disconnected from their bodies, disconnected from their sources. And then you're putting that diet and exercise model on top of it. Then you're putting the shame and the blame game on top of that. And while it is absolutely true that you are responsible for what you eat, 
and you are responsible for what you do for exercise. That does not mean that you can therefore control your body's weight and shape through diet and exercise. You got to remember, I've spent my entire life in a gym, and I can tell you there are people that show up at the gym day in and day out. They show up in the Pilates studio day in and day out, and they are not slim people. So to, to make some sort of judgment about someone based on their external weight is like, like you're, if you're listening to this podcast, would you like that? Would you like someone doing that to you? And the pro, you're probably doing that to other people because you're afraid that they're doing that to you. And it's all this weird projection, confession through projection, weird, dysfunctional psychological space that we all get into from that stupid diet and exercise model. All of, all roads, all roads lead back to that model. So when we can show that model for the house of cards that it is, we can reclaim our lives. So if I were to be able to talk to Ben Shapiro or Bill Maher or any of those guys, if I were to be able to stand on a stage with Oprah and Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz and Jillian Michaels and any of those people, you know, I would preach the the gospel. <laughs> you know, it's yes, it's a, a religious term, but it's like I'm preaching the gospel of happy calories don't count. Look, all of these dysfunctions that we have are are really a, dis- a disconnection from ourself and our source. And our bodies are intelligent, our bodies are wise. And when we can take a beat, take a breath, come back to our center, come back to our source, come back to the wisdom of our bodies, we are filled emotionally, spiritually, mentally. So we don't have we don't have any of those dis- th- those patterns of those needs that that get filled in maladaptive ways. We are complete and whole as people. And then when it comes to optimizing our physical shape, our physical well-being, that simply comes from listening to the wisdom and guidance of our body. And we can do that in any moment of any day. We can start right now, take a deep breath in and let it out. Take another deep breath in and let it out. Connect to yourself, connect to your source, connect to your body, and then do what you are inspired to do in the next moment in space and time. And you continue moment by moment by moment. And that, my friends, is how you ditch all of that diet and exercise drama you get rid of all of the shame around your body, and you optimize your health and vitality and well-being. You are able to create a body and a life you love. So I hope that you have a super happy day, and I will talk to you later. Bye. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share. You know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care.